This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. All right. Welcome, everybody. Today is Friday, May 8th, 2020. This is a Sports Biz Rundown, uh, part of the Sports Biz Pod, where we release two episodes per week. On Tuesday, featuring an interview with an athlete entrepreneur, thought leader in sports. And then on Friday, featuring the Sports Biz Rundown, where we concisely break down what happened this week in Sports Biz news, events, careers, and more. And this is about almost two weeks that we're undergoing with quarantine and people staying at home. Um, And there's a lot of updates to cover around sports this week about a realistic timeline to one come back and other things going on. So each week we bring on special guests to provide commentary on what happened. So today we have Jake Nussbaum, who is working with In The No Experiences, and they're infamous for putting on one of the best Super Bowl events um, of the year. So, uh, Jake, excited to have you on. How are you doing? You there, Jake? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hope you're doing well and staying safe. Um, it'd be great if you could kind of give a little overview about yourself pretty quickly about what you've done in sports so far and kind of what you're doing now. Of course, yeah. So I work for a company called In and No Experiences. We're a high-end luxury uh, travel and hospitality agency, um, and also specialize in uh, event management, logistics, you know, influencer and athlete marketing, etc. So we're kind of a, you know, kind of do it all. Um, you know, with with this crisis in hand, you know, business has has definitely been slow, but it's kind of I think opened up eyes. Um, you know, as you know, in a, in a new and improved way of how we can do business um, in this industry. Um, you know, we just came off of a big Super Bowl event, you know, the Maxim Super Bowl party, and also another event with Post Malone down there in, uh, in Miami. Um, you know, plans might be changing, uh, you know, as we can kind of discuss um, on this episode, but, you know, for, for next year's Super Bowl a little bit, but, you know, Overall, it's uh, it's been a grind, and uh, you know, excited to have this conversation. Absolutely, yeah, and um, you know, I'd love to kind of tap into that real quickly. Like, you know, for the Super Bowl party that you guys put on with Maxim, um, great, great venue, great event, all overall, just well put together. Like, how long did you start planning that? Was that a few years in advance, or or what was kind of the process to get that uh, get that going? Yeah, you know, so my my background, I've actually. Um, my first Super Bowl was in San Francisco, um, so about four or five years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, each year, you know, we kind of plan right when the Super Bowl ends, you know, we kind of plan a year in advance. Usually we pop, we'll pop back wherever the Super Bowl is. We'll go back to New York where our offices are. And then like in like another month or so, probably around in March, um, we'll head to the next city. Um, this year we actually had a flight booked to Tampa. 
um, to look at some venues and uh, we obviously couldn't go. So we've kind of had to do some virtual stuff and, you know, with Super Bowl date potentially being changed due to, you know, scheduling and, you know, training camp being, you know, pushed a little bit to then this, the NFL schedule being moved around a little bit. Um, you know, we're still kind of moving forward as planned, but, you know, it's, uh, it's a bit of a challenge not knowing specifically when the date is and for us not being able to travel down to Tampa to look at some venues. So, you know, usually it's about a year in advance. Um, but, you know, this year we're, uh, you know, times are a bit different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and we're uh, looking forward to seeing how things play out and how actually if the NFL season kind of continues to go um, as somewhat planned. So, you know, excited to see how people innovate and see how you guys uh, kind of pull something together. There will be some sort of Super Bowl resemblance. Uh, we don't know when or how or what it looks like, but um, we're all kind of f figuring this out together. And um, that kind of is a good segue into the sports biz news or where uh, we will recap the top news stories, um, starting with the Miami Dolphins unveiling a plan uh, this Monday to host fans for future games during the 2020 season uh, amidst coronavirus pandemic. The Dolphins CEO and President uh, Tom Garfinkel revealed the plans uh, on ABC's Good Morning America on the mock-ups to show how uh, Hard Rock Stadium will designate fans far apart um, and how they will enter the stadium. But um, you know, we were just kind of highlighting on Super Bowl in Miami. Um, from my knowledge on this arena or this uh, facility, it is a uh, lower, um, you know, seating count than other stadiums and it's high luxury. So this is interesting plans to kind of give us some optimism about maybe what a, a season will look like. But Jake, you know, after reading this article, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, for me, I find, you know, during this time, I find it interesting to see you know, what leagues or what teams are going to take the lead and take the initiative in terms of making decisions first, um, you know, and I think it's great that the Dolphins, you know, being that it, they did host the Super Bowl last year, take the initiative and kind of put a plan into action. And I think that, you know, there's going to be other teams that are going to follow, um, you know, this unfortunately is going to be the new norm for, you know, quite a while now. Um, you know, I find it interesting to see kind of their thought process behind, you know, everything in terms of, you know, how everyone's going to enter the stadium, how people are going to sit, how bathrooms are going to work, how food's going to work, how exiting is going to work. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, you know, seeing fans in the seats, you know, needing to wear masks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're not going to be getting up and going to order food, um, you know, it's, it's going to be all like service at your seat you know it's yeah. uh it's going to be quite interesting um you know and i think the change is gonna take some time getting used to um but that at the end of the day you know i think it's probably better to have fans at the games if done the right way than not at all um mm -hmm. you know fans are are part of sports um the athletes playing you know play off of the fans um that's why there is home field or home court advantage um you know you don't hear everything that's going on you know on the field or on the court and you know that i think you know makes the game extremely interesting and you know with the fans in there you know teams are going to have to figure out a creative way to you know make it safe make sure that the cdc you know approves of all of these rules and regulations um, you know, and I, I pride the Dolphins on kind of taking the first step on in terms of creating a plan. 
Um, I think it might be more challenging for some of the bigger stadiums as well. Um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how it all kind of works out and how, as the season progresses, how these rules change. Um, you know, I think that they're going to figure out kind of what works, you know, what doesn't, what fans kind of, what, you know, and I think that another big question, you know, that kind of just came to mind is like, you know, what happens if you don't follow that rule? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if a fan takes off their mask during the game? Um, you know, it's, or high uh, their friend next door, you know, um, after no, that, 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 that's, Exactly. And that's the point, you know, that's why you watch sports. You know, I got a, I'm a, I'm a big Yankee fan and I go to games every single, uh, you know, playoff games every single year. Um, And I was talking to my brother about this. It's like, you know, when, when your team hits a home run or any team makes a good play, are you, are you not going to high five your, your neighbor or the the fan behind you? Um, You know, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how, how sports change um and you know hopefully this isn't forever but you know in the interim it's going to be really interesting to see how it kind of all plays out yeah yeah absolutely and and if we're kind of looking at the dolphins where you have the owner uh stephen ross he um is uh, quite the investor in real estate and other uh sports properties like equinox soul cycle um he invests heavily into hudson yards that has uh, tons of commercial real estate space and um an office space so they're definitely trying to set the tone for other people to maybe follow examples. Um, I don't think there's going to be one master blueprint that's going to work for every single team in league, but I think somebody's going to have to kind of put the first foot forward, um, see what works, and then other teams' leagues will kind of uh, replicate that. Um, so, yeah, that should be interesting to see how the Dolphins, if they're able to do that, they seem like the most prime um, NFL stadium to kind of deal with these just given the the current size of their stadium compared to other ones. So we'll kind of keep in the loop with that. Um, Another kind of new story uh, going to the UFC, there will be actual fights this weekend. So they were planning to have this on fight Island, um, I believe in the outskirts of California. um, But what that got kind of shut down by ESPN. So Dana White, very entrepreneurial. Um, This is obviously contact sport. It's impossible to avoid that, but it seems like they're, clearing the fighters they're entering at their own risk it's going to be fanless so this weekend you know we've been craving it but there's going to be live sports so um you know this provides optimism whether you are a ufc fight fan that there is uh, a model ufc is a little bit different um than you know say nfl what, what goes into it so um something like this you know what are your thoughts on maybe uh, you know combat sports um kind of setting an example we'll see how Maybe the Dolphins can pull, you know, examples from UFC, but um, this kind of seems standalone. What are your thoughts on this one? Totally. And, um, you know, I think that whether you're a UFC or a boxing or an action sports fan, um, you know, I think you're going to be now, um, you know, just because of that live sports feel. And I think, you know, being away from watching live sports for so long, you know, really opens up your eyes to how much you love it and you know personally for me you know I watch UFC not on the regular but when there's a big fight going on I will for sure watch it um but you know I'm 100% going to watch this you know live sports is is what's big and and I you know praise Dana White for you know constantly being at the forefront of everything um when it comes to you know taking the lead in in terms of you know following the rules but also kind of making sure that you know fans are satisfied and you know he's a showman and 
you know, this is going to really, I think, hopefully pave the way to, you know, find other ways to create live sports, you know, moving forward. Um, you know, UFC is, is one that, you know, people watch most, a lot of people watch on TV, you know, yes, there is that fan element, you know, and, and excitement going to the fight, you know, but it's something that can work on, you know, on live TV um, mm -hmm. versus, you know, having fans be there. Um, and that's kind of, you know, golf is another one, mm -hmm. you know, the match just got announced officially for May 24th. And, you know, that's something that millions and millions of people are going to watch for sure. Um, you know, so um, it's really it important to, to what sport, you know, UFC totally. is golf is unique but you know sorry to cut you off there it sounds like you had some other stuff to add to that but uh the match right is it that that's what you were mentioning for golf yeah and i know that's not kind of on this on kind of a topic sheet right now but yeah you know golf is something that i think you know especially with the nature of the the players you know you have tom peyton you know mm -hmm. tiger and phil you know playing um you know fans obviously it's something that fans go to on a regular basis you know depending on the tournament. Um, but this is something that people are going to love. And, you know, people are itching at the bit, marking it on their calendar, waiting for, you know, May 24th to be able to watch this match um, on live TV. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, it's kind of, I was reading a few other things about how you can, if there are no fans at these sporting events, how can you elevate them? You know, how can you potentially change the way that people you know watch the game um you know whether it's miking up the players um on the course which you know i haven't read yet but i, I hope i hope that they do um yeah. you know whether it's if, if basketball does come into play you know it might be difficult because it's, it's a pretty aggressive in terms of like people talking uh trash to different players um so i don't know you know how you'll be able to kind of censor some some of the bad language there but like potentially miking up someone on the court you know it, it opens up it, it this potentially could open up you know a new way to watch live sports mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a good point and, and from what i've read and heard um tiger and phil are quite the talk uh, trash talkers between themselves and i'm sure tom and peyton um, they have some jokingly, uh, you know, smack talk to give. So, um, yeah, no, that's an interesting way to put that. And uh, kind of a good segue, I guess we can go into the Premier Lacrosse League, uh, which is towards the end of the newsletter. But um, they have been very innovative, where they are a startup league just launched this year. Um, they are very well communicated with a lot of these other leagues, but they're fortunate because they don't have their tour-based model. They don't have cities and large stadiums that that they've acquired. So they're able to be very nimble and lean um, and something they've done that they've been able to mic up all the players on the field and ask them interview questions. So they're pushing the envelope forward, but they just had news this week that they're going to hold a 16 day quarantine tournament without fans play. Uh, let's see, July 25th, to August 9th. So, you know, traditionally they've, you know, had a tour based model with, um, you know, every you know, in the summer, but for this case, all these uh, players will go to a certain resort that's secluded. They'll be quarantined for 14 days, tested regularly. They all sign waivers um, and they all kind of assume the risk of playing contact sports. So um, from, you know, UFC, that's one V one from the NFL hasn't happened yet, but this is, one of the first team sports that has actually made strides on finding a way to make this work. And it's going to happen as soon as this summer. So 
Um, you know, I'm not sure how closely you follow lacrosse or PLL, but something like that. What are your thoughts on this move? Yeah, um, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the PLL and also like the MLL. Um, actually, a good buddy of mine plays in the MLL. Um, right. But, you know, Paul Rabel is always at the forefront of, you know, change. And, you know, he created this league, I think, to be different. Um, and again, I think we're, it goes back to someone taking the initiative to be different and take the first jump. And I think this is going to show, um, one, I think it's going to boost the fans, um, you know, of the sport while lacrosse, you know, might not be at the same level as, you know, baseball, basketball, and football, um, professionally, um, you know, people are going to watch this and, and, you know, I think that it's also going to pave the way, hopefully in a positive way, um, to help show how other sports can start, start up again. Um, you know, UFC's one, golf's one, but those are, you know, those aren't team sports. And, you know, lacrosse would be the first team sport that at least announced that, you know, they're going to, you know, work out something in terms of a tournament. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how, how that all plays out. And, you know, I, I personally am excited to watch it. I think lacrosse is a high energy, you know, game, you know, I wouldn't traditionally watch it on TV, um, you know, but with, you know, not that many other things kind of going on in terms of live sports, you know, this is definitely something that I'm going to, you know, take a look at. And, you know, I think it's going to help draw fans, you know, to, to be supporters of the sport kind of moving forward once everything kind of gets back to normal. Um, yeah. You know, but again, it's going to, I think it's going to show some really positive things and show some negative things about how live team sports can kind of be put and put can be put into action um you know and hopefully it paves the way for you know basketball um you know football and baseball to kind of you know and hockey still has to finish their season um as well as soccer to kind of you know have that all kind of start up again as well yeah yeah it's a good point and it is an opportunity where you know you kind of mentioned you not might not be the biggest lacrosse fan i personally grew up playing it you know what you know worked in the major league lacrosse been kind of in touch with PLL. It's a great sport. I would have watched it regardless, but someone like you, um, you probably wouldn't have watched that unless this is all happening. So it is a unique opportunity to tap into new fan bases, um, given that, you know, entertainment, people are craving it. And, you know, we had, you know, saw Drew Brees kind of go on, say he he loves watching lacrosse on sport. That would be his only thing he would watch on TV. So it's going to great, you know, stronger fans and new fans. So you know, it's exciting to see that. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a, a next segue into kind of streaming where a lot of people are uh, figuring out new ways, whether it's um, podcasting or content, but um, kind of the news article we're covering right now with Blue Wire, which is uh, helps us produce and distribute this podcast. They just had a feature on Forbes. They recently closed their series, uh, their seed round of 1.2 million. Um, we're part of the, the network and we're their first uh, sports business podcast on their network. So we're excited to keep pushing that for them. Um, but yeah, we want to give them a shout out. They just had a write up by Forbes this week um, that kind of explains how amazing this opportunity is for podcasters and this unique content. So, um, you know, Jake, I guess, what are your thoughts from the podcast landscape? You know, if there's any certain podcasts you listen to or your thoughts on the podcast space during this time. Totally. Um... I mean, I think from a podcast standpoint, um, you know, it's important for people to, to hear and listen and to stay relevant. Um, and, you know, I think this platform and this race is going to be huge for everyone involved um, just to kind of spread sports knowledge 
um, you know, to, you know, the general public and, you know, hopefully open up, you know, new podcasts and, and new people that want to get their voice out there to kind of express, you know, how they feel, how, what their opinions are, um, you know, on, you know, different topics, just like we're kind of, we're talking about today. Um, you know, being stuck in one location, I think is a bit, you know, mind boggling, you know, to say the least, and, you know, constantly being around the same people or if no one at all. Um, so I think that, you know, podcasts are, are huge and, and super important to kind of keep sane and, and, you know, to keep the conversation going and to stay positive. Um, and also to say, you know, up to date on kind of what's happening around the world, you know, whether it's sports related or not. Um, you know, you can only watch the news so much and, you know, it's constantly the same topic over and over again. So I think podcasts are kind of opening up a, you know, you know, more than ever, um, you know, a way to keep the topics broad, um, you know, and just have, you know, communication with, with other people about opinions and, and sports. And, you know, there's really nothing better than that, you know, to just talk sports all day. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, podcasts give kind of a unique insight where people that have listened to us, the feedback we've gotten is kind of more conversation. We're almost talking with them, not, you know, spewing out news. So, um, you know, we're grateful for, for that opportunity to kind of keep rolling with this podcast and um, you know, appreciate that uh, kind of perspective that you have as well. So um, kind of uh, wrapping up, I guess, the news, we have uh, two more articles to cover uh, mentioning the NBA 2K League. Um, they're going to be broadcasting on ESPN. Um, to to share the various insights and in, you know gaming that that's going on, um, you know this you've seen a lot of NBA players play against each other, but for this um, they're going to be live broadcasting NBA 2K League. So shout out to them for kind of tapping into that um, you know new wave where you know they've had the season. Their production is incredible in Long Island, which I've been to. I believe they just moved that, but um, you know things like that. You know, Jake, I'm not sure if you're a big gamer, but you know, what are your thoughts on this for the NBA 2K League kind of being broadcasted to an even bigger audience? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, personally, I'm actually very kind of, you know, I think that 2K. Um, personally, I, I'm I'm pretty good friends with uh, Ronnie 2K, who I actually spoke with the other day, and he, you know, we were just kind of you know, talking about kind of what's happening and kind of what's going on and how 2K is really at the forefront of the gaming world um, when it comes to sports games. And they just released, you know, the PG, new PGA uh, 2K21 game, um, which will come out, you know, hopefully sooner than later. Um, I don't think they released a date yet. But, you know, when it comes to live streaming gaming, um, it's awesome. And I actually was fortunate enough to go to one of those, uh, the 2K League events, um, it was either in Brooklyn or Long Island uh, mm -hmm. last year, and uh, it was awesome. It was awesome yes. to watch, um, and, you know, it was really cool to watch live, but I think that, you know, watching it on TV, it's going to get tons of tons of viewership. Um, and Ronnie even said this the other day, you know, it's, it's a really unfortunate time, but this is the time for gaming to just continue to grow and to continue to build, um, you know, and that's why, you know, he he helped put together that, you know, this small little tournament with the NBA players. Um, but these gamers are good. They are very good. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. And they talk a lot of trash too. Yeah. Um, a lot, you know, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be cool to see and, and cool to watch for sure. And shout out to Ronnie uh, for kind of continuing to, you know, change the way that, you know, gaming is, is viewed. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, we've had a, a lot of interest from, you know, esports. We put on an event in esports. So it's like that side of things is continuing to grow. So we're looking forward to seeing that air and appreciate that insight there. So um, we'll wrap this up pretty quickly. We have one more article and then we'll kind of buzz through the rest of that. But um, essentially, last article we're covering is the Walt Disney Company owns 18.2 million shares in DraftKings. We just reported last week about, uh, last week about DraftKings going public. Congratulations for them on that, which is really pushing the envelope forward for sports betting industry. Um, so that was kind of another update that revealed that, you know, Disney is, uh, in fact, a shareholder of DraftKings. And Disney as well is making other moves with potentially hosting these upcoming sanctioned events. So um, that was kind of a unique story moving right along. So like I mentioned, we put, it, put out two weeks, uh, two podcasts per week. This week, um, we, you know, we were heavily involved with the sports startup debate competition that we were organizing. We just launched sportsbizlive.tv to air all these sports startup debates. So we have 16 startup founders in sports debating against each other in front of athletes and investors. So go to sportsbizlive.tv or check out some of the past debates that we put on, but we're using that as a charity fundraiser and a way to serve business development. And then to kind of wrap up this podcast, we were kind of highlighting top sports biz career openings that we found um, on LinkedIn, starting with Fanatics, looking for a marketing associate. This is an entry-level job. The NFLPA, they're looking for a fall internship program. The deadline is, looks like it's today. So if you are listening, go ahead to the NFLPA uh, website, apply for that. Some mid-level jobs, the score, uh, they are looking for event and activation manager, um, as well as Bleacher Report is looking for a community strategist. And then moving on to senior level roles, we have the NFL media looking for a VP of brand and consumer marketing and DraftKings looking for a head of digital growth. So these are all careers that we look out for on LinkedIn that are recently opened so that we can curate for them. But uh, that wraps up the sports biz pod for the rundown. Um, Jake, thanks so much for providing your insight analysis and all that. Do you have any kind of parting words for people that might be listening, whether it's uh, motivational or anything that you're thinking about lately to kind of pass along? Yeah, I mean, all I can say is that hopefully, you know, we're, we're moving towards, you know, different solutions, as you can see in some of the topics we talked about today. Um, you know, the NFL schedule came out yesterday, so which was really exciting and promising that, you know, kind of everything is moving forward as planned when it comes to football. Hopefully basketball, you know, comes back soon, um, as well as hockey and, you know, spring training starts up, re back up for baseball. Um, you know, just, you know, all I can say is stay positive um stay safe and um we'll get back to live sports soon absolutely jake thanks so much for coming on hope you and your family continue to stay safe uh go connect with jake if you're listening on this now uh, but thanks again jake and uh looking forward to keeping the conversation flowing and, and being part of uh what's the what's the sports world looks like next so thanks so much i appreciate it nick keep up the good work stay safe sugar ray leonard Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.